Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I am still alone in the studio. If you listen to Sunday's episode, then you know that this week we um, missed some recording times because Amber has been extremely sick and was unable to record. But we did not want to leave our listeners hanging and just not release any content for the week. So today's episode, just like Sunday's episode was... Your guy, you guys are going to get a glimpse into what it is like to be a Patreon of ours because we are going to release to you a episode that was released many months ago to our Patreons. It's just a way for us to keep our promise to all of our lovely listeners that we will release episodes each week. And even though life happens for us and we can't stop that, we don't want it to disrupt our uh, podcast. So in and leave you guys hanging. If you uh, hear in the episode where we're referring to our Patreons or talking directly to them, that's because this was, like I said, released to them several months ago. If you're curious about being a Patreon of ours, head on over to crimecurious at patreon.com and see the different membership levels. We are growing it as we speak. We are hoping to come out with merch and do free merch for our Patreons and discounts and uh, extra, even more extra content each month. So yeah, check that out if you'd like to. We always appreciate it when people are Patreons because that's what helps keep, keep us on the air. There are research costs. There are costs to our uh, hosting platform that we release the episodes to that distribute it all to your lovely ear holes. And uh, of course, then the cost of our equipment and whatnot. So all of it goes directly back into the podcast to bring you guys more content. Anyway, we are wishing Amber so much healing thoughts and prayers and hope that next week we should be back on our uh, regular co-host duo dynamic here in the podcast studio. It is very weird to talk to myself. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and we will talk to you on Sunday. Welcome, Patreons, to your August bonus episode. Finally, we're, we're finally able it's, to record it. Sorry, it's the end of the month. It's still August, though. It sure is, damn it. <laughs> we are sticking to our commitments here, even though it has been a heck of a month, time-wise, for us. I thought it was green when we recorded. Is that... No, it's red? It's red. Oh, She's just now, after how many months, <laughs> after figuring out... Multiple episodes. Mm-hmm. Yep, we should. You're freaking me out now. We should be recording. Okay. Green, that's why it's red. Like, stop. You're recording. Stop. Green is go. Red is stop. Stop. Okay. You're recording. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Now that we've got- Red is not stop recording. Right. Right. Exactly. Red is everyone be quiet. We're on air. Unless you're the people talking. I'm okay. tired today, though. I, so can, I, I can tell. It's a good thing I'm doing it. the case and not you. I can mm. I can see it in your beautiful little eyes over there. Yeah. It's um, been a long day. So I'm not even going to edit all that stuff out because these are our Patreons. So we don't they have need to, to edit know stuff for them. Real life, yes. Ordinarily, I would take that crap out, but not for them. They get, they the, get real the real deal. Us. Yep. 
Yes, yes. All right. So as promised earlier this month, if you'll remember from our two-parter um, about the babes of Inglewood, mm-hmm. I mentioned that I found the last man to be actually sent to the gallows yeah. in the state of California. I remember that. Now, our uh, our dude from the Babes of Inglewood episode, Mr. Dreyer, was the last man to be sentenced to the gallows. Mm-hmm. Which was just a Not right. something. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Rattlesnake James, that we're going to talk <laughs> about today... Was the last man to actually go to the gallows? Okay, in California, this was the last person. Yep, to die he that was, way. He was sentenced before Dreyer, but his um, execution was not carried out until after. Oh, Dreyer. okay. Because you know they were in a big ass hurry to get. Oh, Albert the, Dreyer yes, dead. They were. Yeah, just, you know, before anybody caught on to the fact that they did a shoddy investigation. I really think that's probably why. I agree. Let's get in there. It's done. It's done. Closed. That case still infuriates me. Sorry if you can hear the ice in my cup, but (laughs) I needed a little drinky drink. Today, I'm going to tell you about Rattlesnake James. Sis, can you tell me more about his name, please? I will. Okay. Well, it's all in the name. To be yeah. honest with you. Okay, I was going to say, I'm curious about this name. It is not a reference to his penis, just oh. so you know. <laughs> it is a reference to how he preferred to kill one of oh, his victims. okay. Yeah. So it's not a it's not a cutesy little this nickname. This is not an endearing nickname like my childhood nickname, <laughs> Chucky. <laughs> so my family is horrible, by the way. Love them dearly, but you all suck. <laughs> I love Chucky. <laughs> I didn't get Lamborghini like yes. you did. Okay, <laughs> it was oh, Amborghini. Amborghini. And a fellow listener has the same one. I I'm so that. excited. I love it when they leave comments like oh, that. Oh no! Oh gosh, not as much as I love our Patreons, but still. Yeah. All right. So so let's this talk is from, about yeah. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about Major Raymond Rattlesnake James Lizenba. He was born March sixth. 1894. Ooh. We're, yeah. We're rewinding it, se- it back a well, little bit. Well, it seems old-timey, but, you know, he's executed May Force. May Force. Wow. May the Force be May, with you. <laughs> May, pretty much. May 1st, 1942. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and he is also known as Robert S. James. So, we're going to get to it in just a second. But he was a native of Hale County, Alabama. Love very nice. Alabama. And he first worked in the cotton fields and then was sent to barber school by his sister's husband. He was given the opportunity. And that's really how he makes a living throughout his life is, you know, old shave and a haircut. Oh, two bits. <laughs> Thank you. See, you're not too tired. You knew no, exactly I'm, where I'm I was going. More with alert that. now. Yes. Yeah. So he, that's what he ends up doing for a. Majority of his life for a living, having a little barber shop. Mm-hmm. And he married his first wife, Maud Duncan. I love me. Say some. that again. Maud Duncan. I like it. Mm-hmm. On October 8th, 1914, in Birmingham. Uh, and that's in Jefferson, Alabama. He was 20 years old. There's, And you have to forgive me because there was some piecing together of old timey information from like a census and whatnot. There's not a whole lot known about his early life, about 
I mean, it was basically kind of like he he was known as Rattlesnake James, but it's later in life of the crimes that he commits that we know more about than anything prior to. Gotcha. So the U.S. World War One draft registration that he had to fill out in June 1917, he reported as being married with a wife, a baby, and his mother for a dependent. So that was what his draft registration mm-hmm. for World War One had said. Okay. However, not long after marrying good old Maud, she files for divorce because of his sadistic and kinky sexual desires that she was not here for. Okay, we've got another one of these gentlemen, huh? Yes. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> Maud is kind of like, and, and it's hard. Think about this. In 1917 era, it's freaking it's hard, hard to, to get a kinky life. Well, it's hard to get a divorce if you're a woman. Oh, yeah, that too. You have to have your father's permission. Mm-hmm. So imagine going to your dad and being like, well, let me tell you about our sex life, dad. Right? This like, is why this I is want why I, I can't do this anymore. No, thank Father. you. I can't even say the S word in front of my dad. Mm-hmm. As far as he's concerned, all of my children are Jesus's babies that he just put in my belly. Yep. <laughs> Delivered from Jesus himself. That's right. Nothing nothing kinky happened there. Yeah. Yep. As far as parents concerned, that is, you know, how it goes. Yes. So uh, private parts are like Ken and Barbie, like plastic. They aren't there. Nothing Nothing. There. Nope. Yep. So... Um, so, so I imagine she had enough information to convince both her family and the courts that it was okay that she be granted a divorce. It's hard to say that. It kind of makes my esophagus gurgle a mm, little bit. A little gird going yes, on. <laughs> I've got a little acid reflux going on when I talk about the fact that women had to get permission, permission granted to divorce yeah. from their husband. So glad that we've come so far. This is why I was born in the time I was. Mm-hmm. Amen. God, God knew I was not ready for the world in the 1800s. That would have been 1900s. so hard when you yeah. hear some of the stuff. Even in the 60s, 70s, you're just like, Ugh. Uh, And I get that it was the norm. Like, we wouldn't have known any different because mm-hmm. that's how everybody was raised. But I still feel like there's some fire in there that that would have been real pissed about the way the situation was if I'd been alive back mm-hmm. then. So we do know that sometime between 1917 and 1925, which would be also the same time when Maud Duncan divorced his ass, Major Lizenba changed his name to Robert S. James. Am I the only one that wants to say lasagna? <laughs> Major lasagna. I'm just saying. It, it comes to mind every time I hear it's, the it's name. It's actually spelled Lisenba, like but See, I, it's lasagna. It is <laughs> so close. Same thing. Yep, this is like the episode the of Friends where Joey's trying to speak French. <laughs> He's not repeating the same thing that Phoebe does. Yep. <laughs> so, so now he is sometime between 1917 and 1925. Now he's Robert S. James, which thank you because that's way better so than much better. Major Lazenba. But in the 1925 Kansas State Census... There was an R.S. James that appeared with a wife, another wife, Vera Mary James. Sorry, I added an R. It's Vera May James. And then, then, bebe, and gengen. Bebe, bepepe. Oh, boy. 
There was also, in the 1925 Kansas State Census, a Robert S. James with wife Vera May James, mother-in-law Maud Vermillion, and brother-in-law Wayne Vermillion that were in Emporia, Lyon, Kansas in the United States. So we do know that he was born with, or he was born, wow, that he, we don't, I'm not sure of anything now. I don't know why my brain just went there. He was not born with a wife named Vera, okay? But we know that in 1925, he did have another wife named Vera. And it is possible that at this time, his mother-in-law and brother-in-law were also living with him. Okay, Okay, gotcha. But, and the reason I'm telling you all this is because it also appears that Vera May divorced him very shortly, yes, very shortly after the census was done. And the reason is because good old Robert S. James was run out of town by a man because he had impregnated his teenage daughter. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. there it is. We're, we're getting a, a very vivid picture of this I I think person. so. I think just by piecing together the draft registration, the census, all this stuff, we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I really don't need to know any more about you, you crap bag. You know? Yeah, yep. We've got enough to know. We do. We he's, really do. He's not a stand-up he gentleman is. so far, no, from what he's I'm hearing. Taco Bell diarrhea. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty bad. It is. It gets the... And I'm just preparing you because it gets worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I will prepare mentally. Yep. So now he moves to South Dakota. And here's where things really start to go wrong for James. What happens is that his uncle passes away, and he became the beneficiary of his uncle's $4,000 life insurance policy. Okay. So to, to James, he's like, hold up. I get, wait, you mean somebody dies and I get life insurance money? Wow. Uh-oh. So did this spark an idea of like, oh, this is nice? It did. He liked that free money at the expense of someone else's death. So in 1932, he opens a a barber shop in La Canada, Flinterage, California, and married his third wife, Winona Wallace. And he immediately sets a $5,000 life insurance policy on them both. He put it on both of them from Prudential Insurance. How nice of him. Uh But the first two wives, he did not. And so this is how it kind of goes to, wait, we can, we can see that it wasn't until after he'd received that life insurance policy from his uncle that now he's putting them on his wives uh-huh. as he's well. He's like, oh, this is a good idea. Yes. And it's not. James, it's not, buddy. I mean, it is a good idea to get life insurance for your significant other, but not for malicious purposes. We are, we are <laughs> not condoning that here at Crime Curious. Oh, follow me for yeah. more <laughs> marriage tips. I mean, it's, it's actually a fabulous idea. <laughs> right, right. So on September 21st, Robert S. James and Winona, they were driving on Pikes Peak Highway near Glen Cove, Colorado, which means nothing to us, but it might to some listeners. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And actually, his wife was at the wheel, was driving the car. When the car left the road and fell down a mountainside, 
Oh, no. Mm-hmm. James told investigators that he managed to jump free. But wouldn't, wouldn't you know it? Amazing. But Winona remained trapped in the vehicle until it stopped against a large boulder about 150 feet below the road. When rescuers got to the scene, they found Winona Wallace alive with relatively minor injuries despite the intensity of the crash. She also smelled of liquor and had a massive wound behind her ear. Hmm. Wallace was was released from the hospital. Winona. I'm sorry. My notes keep saying Wallace, and I really just want to call her Winona. Winnie. (laughs) (laughs) It did throw me off when you said Wallace the first time. I was like, oh, wait, that must be. That's Winona. It's Winona. Winona is released from the hospital on October 8th, and she's just minding her own biz, recovering. Uh, They had a little cottage in Manitou Springs about when about a week later, James and a grocer find her laying on her back in a half-filled tub. Oh, no. The medical examiner performs an autopsy, George B. Gilmore, and later says that James told him, like, what his story was, was that his wife had ignored physician's orders to avoid washing her hair because of the head wound, and she drowned as a result. So, prudential eventually paid off Winona Wallace's policy to Robert S. James. I see. Mm-hmm. So the $5,000 insurance policy. Appears that the the accident didn't work effectively, so we had to take wow, it's other like, measures. It's like you know criminals. It's so weird. I, I'm practically a detective, as yeah. we have talked about. I, I mean. Right there. Case <laughs> closed. Yeah. That's it. Nice job. Solved. Nice job. Um, oh. Yeah. So, but at the time, and and actually, the um, they did have to go in front of a, a court and testify about everything before Prudential would pay out. And so George Gilmore did testify, like this is what James told me, and she drowned. So yeah, she had a head injury. She drowned. She shouldn't have been near water. Okay. So they were like, good enough. Yeah. Here's your five. Here's your five thousand your money. Yep. Okay. All right. Now. What's interesting is he does get married to a fourth wife. Her name is Ruth Thomas. But he was really drunk. And so he wasn't really sure if their marriage was legal or not. So they went ahead and got it annulled in New Orleans in 1934. Oh, okay. I mean, mistakes happen. We've all been there. (laughs) Even Carrie Underwood. She doesn't even know her last name. Yes, absolutely. We've made mistakes. We get it. Right, right, right. So apparently Robert, with his wife number four, was like, oh, Just a quick little annulment. No big deal. Yep, we're Mm -hmm. fine. We're fine. So James has a nephew, Cornelius Wright. And after the death of his third wife, Winona Wallace, but somewhere between his fourth wife, Ruth, that only lasted a hot second. Again, I don't mean to keep bringing I'm, friends up, but it was kind of like Ross and Rachel getting married in Vegas. But um, I'm thankful that it was annulled. I mean, Ruth yes, was spared. That probably saved her life. <laughs> yeah. But he decides he's taking care of his nephew, Cornelius Wright, has, as a dependent. He's a young sailor. And so he just goes ahead and takes a life insurance policy out on his nephew. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. He's, it's like every step of life. He's like, oh, going to need a life insurance oh, policy yeah, on you. You're my neighbor. Oh, going to need think, a policy on that. I think it's good. Yep, yep. If we just go ahead. You want and, me to get your groceries? Going to need a policy mm-hmm. on you. Hey, milkman. Yeah. <laughs> Sign here. 
it's seriously he's like addicted it's kind of random like my nephew he's a sailor so i better get a policy on him when he was home on leave when uh cornelius was home on leave he james was like yeah you know come stay with me during the visit, James allowed his nephew to use his car. Cornelius then, while, I don't using, like where this is going. while using his car, um, he died when he reportedly drove the car off a cliff, Amber. Just out of nowhere? Yeah. Just wow. damn those cliffs and uh, Robert S. James's vehicles, right? The mechanic who towed the truck back to James told him that something was wrong with the steering wheel. You don't say. I think we're, hold on, let everybody absorb the shock. Yep, there it is. Does everybody have well, to take well that in? Yeah. 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 He gets the insurance payout from his nephew. His he freaking is rolling nephew. It in. I know, that's horrible. I, there's just, yeah, I got nothing I, I, except a bunch of garbage I'm runs. Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to ask, as I usually do with these cases, is anybody raising an eyebrow yet? No. Or not quite? Nope. Okay. Nope. They're just like, wow. What a time to be alive. Yeah. It's the 30s. They've got a lot of other things going on right now. You're right. It's You're the right. depression. Yep. We, we're, we're surviving. Mm-hmm. And some of us very well, apparently. Yes. Some better than others. Yes. Uh, in March 1935, uh, Mr. Robert, he now likes to go by Ray. Okay. Robert, Ray, whatever. Ray James. He meets Mary Emma Bush. She would become his fifth wife, mm. if you're keeping tallies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like the mambo number five. This one's going to be good. Run, Mary Bush. Yeah, run. Mary, Mary Bush. Bush, run. I just like saying Bush. I know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's really fun. In June 1935, Ray had asked Charles Hope, one of his loyal customers, remember, shave and a haircut. Two bits. There you go. Uh, He was struggling financially. Mm -hmm. So he's like, hey, you want to help me kill Mary for her $5,000 life insurance policy? Oh, no, he's getting people in on it. Oh, yeah. Yep. And and, uh, Charles is kind of like, I don't want to find a new barber. It's like I'm, I'm not saying yes and I'm not yeah, saying no. Down on my luck, I really like how you cut my hair and shave my face. So, uh, sure. And uh, Ray James was like, hey, I'm going to give you $100 plus expenses. $100 plus expenses for two rattlesnakes. Some reports said three <gasps> rattlesnakes, guys. So I'm not sure, but I'm going to go with two. Please Because that's less terrifying. That this is the plan to... Okay, my next sentence that I wrote... No, no, no. ...is, which he planned to use to poison (gasps) Mary. Oh, what a horrible... My anxiety is climbing already. Robert, Ray, Major, James, Ledisma, crap bag. I'm just here to tell you that is not okay. You know, it is amazing to me how many cases we see with people asking... These really, just like random people, these things like, hey, do you want to help me kill so-and-so? And And don't you think that they would have had to display some sort of, there's something in them that they're like, you know what? Who's the shady individual? I mean, we all have that one friend where you're like, if I had to, 
Who would I, would I call? Ask. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know just who I would come call. come at you one day with a random off the wall, of course not murder, but just a question. I'm just going to yeah, be like, hey. it's going to be question. Do you want to go do you, um, run? You want to go jaywalk with me? Yes. I'm just, every street we I'm can. I'm going to just randomly test the waters yeah. and just be like, hey, do you want to go like run your Jeep into a building to see what happens? What, what ha- yeah. Do we, Maybe does it have steal to be my Jeep? Because um, I kind of love that thing. <laughs> we'll think. We'll figure something okay. else out. Also, but you know, you're going to find I'm fiercely loyal. So I'm basically like Charles Hope over here. <laughs> but it's, you know what I mean? You know, it's like who? Yeah. It's so many people. Yeah. We see this though, where they're just like, "Hey, you want to help me uh, kill this person?" Yeah. Out of all his loyal customers, he's like, "Who? Who would help me kill my wife for money?" Mm. Mm. James Charles yep. Hope. It's Charles. Charles with a last name like Hope. And you know what? No one ever says no. I know. No one's ever like, mm, I'll pass. Let's find a case where they did. Yes, please. Where it's just like over and over, people kept telling him no and then finally turned him finally, into the police yeah. before he could kill someone. And Every was time proactive. Like, okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Sorry. Anyway, carry on. It's just amazing to me that, I mean, everyone says yes. I know. Well, there's there's financial, you know, he's got a hundred bucks. And back in, in the Depression, 1935, a hundred Okay. I wonder if he knew that the life insurance policy was 5000 though. Because I would have been asking for a lot more than 100 bucks. Absolutely. So I don't have information on that if if he knew that or if he was just like, yeah, 100 bucks plus expenses to get you get muscle, get you some rattlesnakes. Sure. Do. Okay. A few days later, Charles drops off the rattlesnakes whether it was two or three, the world may never know. Okay. It, it was in a lot of sources, a lot of different ways. And um, he had purchased, like, wood and glass containers for them to keep the rattlesnakes in. Uh-huh. However, in early July, Ray indicated was not happy with the snakes because they were too mellow. Oh, some low-key yes. lazy rattlesnakes. I'm sorry, but you got me two fat-ass lazy rattlesnakes. They so are, picturing just are like not that rattlesnakes, enough. just like no motivation at all. Yeah. Okay. So did he get new ones? He did. Oh, my gosh. They actually went together, and they headed over to Ocean Park Snake Pit, which, why is that a thing? Why does that exist? (laughs) Exactly. It needs to not be there. I don't like knowing about these dark places of the world. This is the worst place I've ever heard of. Yes, Ocean Park Snake Pit. And on August 3rd, 1935, just two days before Mary Emma would be murdered, a snake handler named Joe Houghtonbrick a.k.a. Snake Joe, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> I'm picturing just like snake bites all over this man. And with a last name like Houghtonbrink, Houghtonbrink I'm like, wow, that sounds, he, I'm picturing just a big burly man that's mm-hmm. daring those rattlesnakes to bite him. Oh, absolutely. Have you ever seen those people that they just like, they get bit all the time and they're just like, well, no big deal. Yes. This is my 300th one. Yes, I think they are sent straight from the devil. I think sta- Snake Joe is exactly yeah, one of those. Exactly. So Snake Joe delivers a pair of really nasty rattlers that he thought were going to be used to settle a bet. So Snake Joe does not know what he's doing poor, either. Poor okay? Snake he Joe. He was just a handler. He did not know. Um, and they actually told him that the bet was, was could a rattle... You're not going to like this. So just... Hold on. The be- the supposed bet was, could a rattlesnake kill a dog, or would the dog take out the snake first? 
All right. So Snake Joe's not a perfect human because he was willing to give Shame two rattlesnakes to these two men to quote He's settle like, oh, a okay. bet. Let's yeah. do it. Let's see. Is the dog going to take the snake out or is the snake going to take the dog out? So that's what he what he thought that he was giving these snakes for. Well, I don't like him. Yeah. Charles Hope brings the snakes to Robert on August 4th. And when he arrives at, and this is according to Charles, okay, when he arrives, he finds Mary Emma, who is pregnant at this time. Oh, my gosh. Dressed in her nightgown, strapped to the kitchen table. Her eyes and mouth had been taped shut by Robert. This is what he's walking into. So, Robert tells Charles that he managed to get his wife on the table by telling her a doctor was coming to, quote, perform some kind of operation on her for her pregnancy, end quote. In some reports, I did read that it seemed as though Mary did not want to be pregnant, so there was speculation that it was possible abortion. Gotcha. Is how he got her on the table. Now, this is all according to Charles. I am just going to say it. If someone ever plans my death... With rattlesnakes, I am coming back Conjuring 2 style, like haunting the entire house. I think you should send snakes straight up Main Street of their ass. (laughs) Without a question. That's what should happen in your hauntings. I could not think of a more horrific, Mm -mm. like terrifying way to be killed. Like who does this? Oh yeah, I will haunt... The hell out of you. For 10,000 lifetimes if someone ever did this to me. Your ancestors, your ancestors' ancestors. (laughs) His mother's sisters, aunties, cousins, all of them. No one is safe. Oh. Uh, I'm just, I don't know what's going to happen, but just the fact that it's involving rattlesnakes and just what I know already, I'm like, this is horrible. It is not great. Horrible. I agree. What they do, Charles then says that he watched... As James put Mary Emma's foot into the box Mm -hmm. with the two snakes and the serpents Mm -mm, bit mm -mm. her three times. He then claims that he then left the house, returned the snakes to Snake Joe. He returned to the house at 1.30 a.m. on August 4th. And Charles says that he found Robert James or Ray, because he's going by Ray at this time, in quite a state. He claims that the snakes were no good. Mary Emma wasn't even sick. So she gets bit three times, okay? And she was, like, withering in agony. But the venom did not instantly kill her. So. Is she still, like, tied up at this point? Yes, she was. What Charles did is go outside and sit. And while James is like basically coming in and out of the house like, why isn't she dead yet? Why isn't she dead yet? He claimed that he sat nervously in the car in the garage while Robert frequently came out to supply updates and give and, and was like drinking whiskey. Hours passed. Finally, Robert came out, sat next to Charles Hope in the car and said, well, that's it. Tired of waiting for her to die, he had drowned Mary in the bathtub. Does oh that sound gosh. familiar? Yes, it does. So Charles then says that he walked in and saw... Mary, lying on the floor just outside the bathroom door with her pajamas and slippers on. He remembers that he carried her feet. He carried her, James carried her head. And then they laid her along the fish pond that was on the property. There was a fish pond on the property. So Charles is just hanging out. 
But he's still just like, okay, I'll stay. He, you know, he's trying to remove himself from the situation. He stayed in the garage. Robert was just bouncing Uh in and out. I honestly think that he was there the whole time. Oh, like, yeah. I just, he's I just tell. trying to remove himself. I don't believe that he was just sitting there. Like, what What are you doing sitting in the car smoking six? Like, yeah, waiting for, Why? Like, yeah, what's There's your motive? so many other things you because could be doing. you were paid, supposedly, the $100 to retrieve the rattlesnakes. Your part in You're this done. was done yep. at that point. So why are you still hanging around? Mm-hmm. Probably because if he offered you part of the $5,000 if you helped kill her. Mm -hmm. So I'm just not buying that whole Why did we have to go this route? Like, I mean, he went from these random accidents and the drowning. Oh, okay. Well, now we'll do rattlesnakes. Yeah, that's just it. Like he thought, I well, he was trying to make the deaths different. So so they didn't look. Yes. He was hoping that the rattlesnake, I mean, you think about his nephew vehicle. Which he tried with his first wife. Mm-hmm. And well, that didn't work. not his first wife, but his first murder, uh-huh. the vehicle, and it didn't work. So then he had to drown her. So he's trying to make them all look like different for the insurance company. Well, the rattlesnakes okay. weren't like, working fast enough. So then he just goes and drowns her. So now we go drown. Yeah, this one didn't go well at all. No. And that was like the early mornings of early morning of August 4th. Well, that same evening, he invites their friends Viola and James Pemberton, which I love that That's last a good name, name, over to have dinner. All right. They entered the house but didn't see Mary Emma. So James, Robert James, suggested, oh, I bet she's back in her garden. Go check back there. So grabbing flashlights, because it was dusk, they had they headed back out. And James Pemberton found Mary Emma face down in the fish pond. Her um, left leg looked black and swollen. So police were summoned and the grieving husband was advised that his poor wife had apparently been bitten by a rattlesnake and in her shock had fallen into the pool of the the fish pond and drowned. Mm. Mm -hmm. So after the murder, Charles Hope stayed far away from the barbershop, either out of guilt or fear. But according to Lois Wright, which is Robert's pretty manicurist and niece, we'll get back to her in a second, Charles Hope reappeared several weeks later, but he didn't let her uncle shave him. He went to another chair for the shave. I wouldn't let that man near my throat with a razor either, Agreed. Good idea, Charles, so he can (laughs) cut your hair, but you go to another chair to get your shave done. (laughs) I would say that's probably a good choice. Yes. So Robert really did not put on the airs of like a grieving widower. Probably because he's been here before. (laughs) He's pretty used to this. He confidently tried to redeem the insurance policy that Mary Bush had signed. Yes. Now, according to a historical Cecilian Rasmussen, L.A. Times article, that was the author, Cecilia Rasmussen, um, quote, But when an insurance investigator stumbled upon the fact that the barber had been married five times and that James' third wife had also died by drowning— he tipped the police. Okay, so here we go. Someone's yes. finally oh, raising yeah. and it's an eyebrow. Oh, yeah, going to be the insurance appraiser. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or excuse For me, sure. Once the police are tipped off, they start quietly investigating him. And while they're quietly investigating him, Charles Hope comes forward. And it was like, listen, he pins the whole crime on James 
uh, he's like, I know what, what Robert James did. Mm-hmm. By the way, do not trust somebody who has two first names. This is really messing me up. The fact that he starts off as major, goes to Robert, then he's James. He likes to be called Ray. It's too much. You can't trust that man. Nope. One man should not have so many freaking names. It does make you question, okay, why are you changing names so many times? Right. What's yeah. going on? So the police go ahead and bug Robert's house. All right. And they do uncover a crime, but not the crime that they were originally, that they were investigating. Robert and his niece that I mentioned, the manicurist, the Mm -hmm. pretty manicurist, they were lovers. Oh, oh, whoa. Wasn't ready for that. And unfortunately, police had it on tape, and I bet they weren't ready for that either. (laughs) Dear God. No. This took a little turn that I wasn't prepared for. I know. So the police are bugging their house. Thinking that he's going to talk about the murder. And instead they. Oh God, he's banging his knees. Yes. That's exactly what happens. Those poor police officers. Like, I bet. Don't you think that they're like like sitting there looking at their partner? Like, are they doing what I think they're doing? Is that, is this what does that sound like? Yeah. Oh oh my God. Yep. yep, They're doing it. Yep. Uh Okay. Yep. Two and a half minutes. Oh gosh. That was the longest two and a half minutes of their lives. (laughs) This reminds me of Ace Ventura. When he has the plunger. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) Like, I think that I would need to have that plunger. So, this is illegal. So, they go ahead and arrest him for incest. Okay, I'll take it. I mean, (laughs) we've got him for something. Right? Not what I was expecting. And he's taken to a safe house to be interrogated. And there he cracks and confesses. But he claimed that Charles Hope planned the murder. Oh, yeah. So now we've got a little he said, he said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when his niece, Lois Wright, was taken into protective custody, they told her he has a history of taking out insurance policies. This is what we think he did to Mary Emma. So she exclaimed, and I quote, my God, I know nothing of this. It is too horrible to think about. I guess I am a lucky girl, end quote. Oh, that's all you have to say. I mean, I wouldn't say you're lucky, but... um... So the police dig into Robert's past, and it's not pretty. They found at at the home that he shared with Mary, they found multiple pamphlets from, quote, marriage bureaus, which set up people with potential mates. So according to the LA Times, another prize exhibit the officers found in an envelope was a list of nearly nearly 200 special feminine matrimonial prospects heavily underscored in the list was the name of a new york widower she was 53 years of age who'd advertised that she had an income of ten thousand dollars annually much more concerning was the suspicious death of his nephew yeah which they knew of so he literally has like bride by pamphlet materials around his home and he's underlining like we would a garage sale we want to go to on <laughs> yeah, he's Saturday. Shopping. He, he is shopping. Is. Like, okay, and it's this like one has the 10,000. Yeah. Wow. Like, you know, when people go through the want ads and they're like, oh, yep, puppies. I mean, I circle that one. I hate his pre-planning and organization. I don't hate it, but <laughs> he's using so those skills for the wrong purpose. <laughs> he could be couponing. He could he be, could. you know, saving so many hundreds of dollars at the grocery store. It's the depression. He yeah. could be finding work. He could be, I mean, anything in those ads. And Instead, this is what he uses those skills for. I yeah, am. And all I could think of is this New York widower that's like, Yes, I'm I'm a widow. I'm 53 years old. I have an annual income of 10000 
$10,000 annually. This will bring nothing but good men to my door. <laughs> what a crazy time. Right? Like, don't don't serve your income out there, sister. Who like, don't thought put that it out was there. a good idea? Wow. Oh, this is like before we knew humanity sucks sometimes. <laughs> like, that, she's just like, and I have a cup size of double D. And no gag reflex. <laughs> right? That's all it's missing. I can fit my 10,000 between my double Ds. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> and I have a great personality. Right, right. By Just the looking way. for love. <laughs> Funny stuff. So, so they're, you know, they, they look into their, the nephew's death from the car crash. They had taken the life insurance policy on him. The pretty blonde of his third wife, Winona Wallace, had accidentally drowned in a bathtub in Colorado. They're putting it all together, right? I'm glad that they're finally like, okay, this man is suspicious. I found this funny. One source, it's the LA Times as well, said that, that Robert James and Charles Hope were handcuffed together. And they were oh. arraigned on May 6th, 1937 and charged with first degree murder. Now, now they're enemies, okay? And they're handcuffed together. Handcuffed together. <laughs> I appreciate this. I'm like, oh, okay. Because they're just blaming each other for Mary's death. They're, you know, neither one of them wants to take the heat for it. So now enemies, the two had to be separated when, when uh, Robert threatened Charles. Quote, if you plead guilty, I'll break your neck. Oh, while they're handcuffed together. Wow. Tell tell us and more about can your hear them. yeah. Tell us more about your murderous threats, Robert. <laughs> will you? Because your innocent plea is not going to go real far. This is just rich. It is so rich. So here they are, like squabbling, just in the DA's office, handcuffed like, together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And one of the and actually, what I want to put the side note in there that I found out, the DA's office actually did like a a lethal. Um, testing of rattlesnake venom uh-huh. just to see it. And they contacted Snake Joe and all that to get the the snakes. And they did this big thing to use against them. I just feel like it was really progressive for their time of extracting the venom from the snake's fangs and identifying what kind of dose it would take to become lethal. lethal. Um, just as a way to help prove that the intention was there. Yes, or? that there was that that there was enough there with the two rattlesnakes because the first theory of she was bit by a rattlesnake and then drowned was like no, with the amount of venom that she had, this was more than one, and the bite marks and whatnot. So they like were setting up. I just felt for the time like it was really, mm-hmm. really good um, that they did. Yeah, very that. well played. Mm-hmm. And there's a big long. Thing about how they were able they well they put um this you've we've you've maybe even seen it in some movies but they had a jar and they put this certain type of material over the top of the jar and angered the um snake uh-huh. enough to bite the stuff and it would extract the venom that's how they did it okay. I didn't mean to say jar I meant like it's a box with a glass top but they they put this mesh like thing that could absorb the venom I guess gotcha. through the top. I, I mean, I've it sounds it. horrible either way. It is. it is. And if you don't like snakes, I'm sorry for the trauma I've put you yes. through this whole episode. 
Well, you will be happy to know that on June 2nd, 1937, Robert James was sentenced to 150 years on the three morals charges involving Lois, his niece. Oh, uh, he got 150 what? years <laughs> on three. So apparently they caught them having sex three times. So Robert's murder trial starts on June 22nd, 1936. And what happens is that Charles Hope pleads guilty to first-degree murder in exchange for not receiving the death penalty. Uh-huh. And he had extra information. He, he was able, he had leverage. He had extra information to give them that would prove that Robert had indeed planned out this uh, murder of Mary. Mm-hmm. And that it wasn't just a snake bite and she drowned. Okay. So he gives them a little tip that there is a black widow spider nest in Robert's house in La Canada. I cannot handle that on top of the rattlesnakes. And they found it. That was his next his next idea was to use a black widow to Why poison. Is he thinking of the most awful ways to kill I someone? Know. I know. It's well, uh, he's sadistic. He is. This is horrible. It gives me my skin is just like I feel so sorry crawling. for the team that had to find that black widow nest. Oh, oh I would oh. I would be calling not it. Oh god. And I'm I'm sick that day. Yeah. Oh, is this I'm the calling day? in. Is this the day we're going to Robert's Am- house? Amber's calling in on yeah. Black Widow Day. Yep. yep. No. It's not the day we're going to Robert's. I'm sick. Sorry, Sorry. I'm not going to make it in today. <laughs> yeah. So they also, though, the, I think, and this was like really what sealed Robert's fate, fate for the jury is Charles Hope's testimony. He told them where he had taken uh taken Mary's pajamas. Remember how she was in pajamas strapped to the table? Yes. Well, they had to change her clothes to make it look like she was in the garden, working in the garden, getting bit by the snake and drowned, right? So he tells the police where he took those pajamas. Oh, Because they were in a downtown incinerator, and they did find, they went and looked, and there were fragments of Mary's pink pajamas in that incinerator. So they're like, okay, Charles Hope knows what he's talking about. He gave us that information. Mm-hmm. Fine. He's pleading guilty. He's legit. Yep. Yeah. We're not giving him the death penalty. And But his testimony is absolutely what seals his fate. Robert tries to plead guilty by reason of insanity. Don't mm-hmm. they all? Right? Uh, he's like, come on, guys. I'm sleeping with my cousin. I'm crazy. Right. right. Or my niece. I'm yeah, sorry. Yep. Niece. Yep. But the problem is, is that he's acting like this whole time, like James isn't acting insane at all. Nothing he has done. He has been so cool, calm and collected. He has acted like a complete so sadistic he's as murderer. lazy as those rattlesnakes. Sure is. <laughs> like, yep, I'm yep. insane. Yeah. Over look, here. Look at me being insane. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Nope. And so people are like, yeah, I just don't think that he... He's really but he's insane. Yeah. Yep. And he was proved to not be insane. So it really didn't. Well, this is what is really weird. During the trial, his lawyers made the odd choice of having Charles Hope and James, Robert James, reenact the murder scene. <laughs> I'm not even shitting you. This is my favorite thing that I've ever so heard about I'm just a trial. Like, when I was trying to find snippets, uh, I was I really tried to get more information on the trial, and 
it just kept coming back to this story. I'm like, this is and what the media have. focused on. We we really <laughs> and as they should have. Yes. So this from the LA Times quote: James climbed onto the heavy monogamy attorney's table. He lay on his back as Mary James was supposed to have been lying. This Charles is Hope. Yeah. Charles Hope was was led alongside. In the little play, he was supposed to seize James' foot and jam it into the replica of the original snake box. Can I ask what? Why did they decide that the role play was necessary? I have he, these men had to have a sense of humor. I or women, but I'm right. assuming it was men at that I time. Have absolutely, there's a picture. I have the picture of them reenacting it. Please, yeah, and we'll post, do it. post it. Them reenacting it. Okay. And so the men get into a squabble and begin to brawl again. Yes. These attorneys were probably laughing secretly to themselves. I know I would have been. And so they they had actually named the rattlesnakes. The, I mean, Rattlesnake Joe had named the rattlesnakes, and I didn't mention it earlier. But their names were Lightning and Lethal. Okay. okay. Thank you. We, we cannot have nameless rattlesnakes in this story. Yes. So I'm glad that you remembered that piece. But the other thing that I could find about the, uh, you know, so these two guys, they're, they're, they literally have the murderers reenacting right. this, right? They get into a fight, of course. Like, you have them next to each other. Of course they're going to get into a fight. They break it up. Well, later that afternoon, Lethal, one of the rattlesnakes, they, they brought the rattlesnakes into the court. Oh, so no. that, you know, the jury could see how terrifying rattlesnakes are because we didn't already know that. This is the best trial I've ever heard of. Like, well, let's actually bring the snakes in. They did. And Lethal escaped. <gasps> no. So he's just slithering through the courtroom. No, 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 yes. no. no. They, yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, my he gosh. Was, he was found under a bookcase and his vicious rattling threw the courtroom into hysteria. I'm sure it did. I bet. I bet. Yeah. And this was oh, actually lethal. after Robert James had spent most of the morning on the witness stand for his own defense. He, yes. He he tried to testify for I like it. Yeah, in his own defense. This yep. is, oh my gosh, this might be my favorite trial story I've ever heard. And just so you know, Snake Joe did come. He, did he come through? Lethal. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Snake Joe. So Lethal and Lightning were both safe, not harmed, and they didn't bite anybody. Oh, oh but when, good. But Lethal made a run for it, man. He was just like, I have had enough. I'm tired of being a pawn in all of you humans' <laughs> I games. I have feelings too, That's people. Right. Yeah. Oh, my And you're gosh. not going to pin that murder on me. I was forced to bite that woman. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever thought it was reasonable to bring the snakes to the trial. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was a wild time. I want to know who it was. 1936, man. What a time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So on July 25th, Robert was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to death by the gallows. When he learned his fate, his eyes barely shifted, and he simply said, I can take it. Which? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you about his trip to the gallows. So you just remember that he said, I can take it. All right. Okay? Noted. Okay. We have a narcissist on our hands, for sure. But, and I don't know if you'll remember, but... Dreyer was actually sentenced in same year. It was 1936, I believe, and if I remember right. It was 1936, and it was August of 1936. But so what he does, Rattlesnake James, he spent his final years in pre- prison 
appealing his conviction, gaining an enormous amount of weight, and finding Jesus with the aid of a um, religious worker named Helen Atkinson. (sighs) Yes, so he finds Jesus, as they all do, and he did appeal his conviction, which really seemed like it might end up going somewhere simply because of some of the way that the trial was handled. And I mean, I've only given you snippets of it because that's all I could really find. But I'm like, yeah, it does sound a little crazy. The trial itself. I mean, Charles being what sealed his fate really was the testimony of Charles Hope saying, listen, I know everything about it. But at the same token, that is circumstantial because it's like, all right, Charles, maybe you murdered her all by yourself. You know, so that that did the appeals did gain some some weight that way, but they didn't really just like um, he did go anywhere. No, because his last appeal was denied. <laughs> just like he did. He's actually a really scrawny and he weird looking dude. Put on the pounds in j- in prison. He didn't. No. Oh, no. I thought you said he'd gained weight. No. My bad. No, his his um his appeals started to gain weight. Because oh, <laughs> not <laughs> a racies of my joke. I thought you meant he gained weight, like he got fat, and okay, cut that out. No, that's funny. I'm sorry. It, wouldn't it have been a good one though? Yeah, it would. So good. His his appeals had gained weight. Had gained weight because of the way they started to point out the way that the trial had went and gotcha. was kind of like set up against him. When his last appeal was denied. His eyes barely shifted again, and he simply said, quote, I can take it. Let's just say that Rattlesnake Bob James is not afraid to die. How many more names can you have before He's you die, just adding them on to his right, own. Right, now we're Bob, which makes more sense to me than Ray, as he wanted to be called earlier. So I'm just like, who are you? Yeah, who are you really? Oh, wow. He was born Major, by the way. That was his first name, Major, which... Don't give your child a title. That's like me naming my child Sir. <laughs> I would just like I don't to hate it. I'd like to just call him Sir Jacob. You know, like I Sir. It's kind of gotcha. I know. Yeah. He is just letting it up like fine. All my appeals have been denied. Rattlesnake Bob James is not afraid to die. On May 1st, 1942, he became the last man to hang in the state of California. And Unfortunately, remember how he's like, I'm not afraid to die? Well, I don't know if you guys know how the gallows work, but there's actually quite a mathematical equation that needs to go into it, given the body weight and the, the force that they, um, how long the rope needs to be for a clean break. I mean, I know this is gruesome, but these are the details that we've had to know since, you know, the beginning of time when we were killing people, I right. guess. Um, Gosh, I would hate to be the guy that had that job. Well... I think it was this guy's first day. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, no. math not his strong suit. And unfortunately, Rattlesnake Billy Bob James Major Douchebaggery was a tiny man. And they did not do the measurements. The equations weren't right. They weren't. They were more for a hefty fellow, and he was not. Oh no! And and um, I'm really not super sad to tell you that it took him like 15 minutes to die because there wasn't a clean break. He didn't just fall to his death by hanging. He suffered. Yeah. So it's probably a good thing that he's the last guy. To, like the state of That's California probably was why. probably, they were like, probably like, oh okay, god, no, nope. we're done. 
That was a botched job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're probably like, Billy, what, what did you do? And he's like, what? It's my first day and you guys didn't give me any training. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Yeah. That is yeah. horrible. I mean, he's a horrible person, yes. but that's oh, yeah. still. And it's, reporters were there, like people were there and watched it. I bet and everybody was just like. Very uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I am. I go back to the Green Mile mm-hmm. with that. With, mm-hmm. Without the sponge. It traumatized me. I cannot watch that part mm-hmm. where the guy gets electrocuted without no, the sponge. Neither. No, Cannot neither. watch it. Mm-mm. And that's, I mean, I feel like it would be that one of those moments where everyone's like, oh, shit. Why did we, like, why are we here to watch this? Yes. It's horrible. Yes. Yep. Oh, God, that makes me sick. And it was actually, it was in San Quentin, the same place that Albert Dreyer uh, Dreyer went to the gallows. Oh, wow. But his was, I mean, they killed him right away. They killed him in 1938. This is 1942. So, but remember, in 1936 is when they actually stopped as of August 31st. And I'm sorry, I'm remembering now. It is 1937, not 1936. So I apologize. Uh, nine, but that was several cases ago. So I'm happy to even remember anything from it. <laughs> but it was 1937. August 31st, 1937 was the last day that the state of California could sentence anyone to the gallows. So from 1937 to 1942, they, they would have been doing lethal injection. Um, they did have to carry out any of the, the people that were sentenced to the gallows prior to August 31st, 1937, like Albert Dreyer that went in 1938. But here we are, because he had had so many appeals. Robert James uh-huh. had so many appeals. He lived until 1942. Gotcha. So I will say that it is very possible that it was one of those things of like, oh, damn, we got to break out the old policy no. book because we've been doing lethal yeah. injection this whole time. And now They're, the gallows are rusty. Let's, like, oh, right, let's, let's get this hooked oh, up. Cob- um, cobwebs, cobwebs, dust off those stairs. Do we have some rope in the back, yeah, guys? Like, where, what do we What do we, what do we need? twine? What? Anybody got any of that? This is just, it's, it is truly yeah, horrible. But I feel like the way that it was carried out, that that's kind of how that went job. down. Where they're like, oh shit, yeah, we haven't used that in a while. And, and it says that there, uh, they, the gallows at San Quentin, you had to take 13 steps to get to the hangman's noose before the floor dropped out below you. Yeah, so. I wonder if they were like, should we like, Put him back up and try again, or they just like let him. Oh, that's awful! Awful. I, could, I couldn't. Um, I couldn't imagine. Like, no, he just hung there for ten to fifteen minutes. I read ten minutes in some sources, fifteen in others. Either way, it's it not supposed to happen. Yeah, that is not supposed to happen. It is supposed to be very quick. That's the whole, you know, point of it. It's supposed to be humane, whatever. Maybe, possibly, why it became outlawed. Just saying. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> I think you might be onto something. <laughs> like he can't be the only one that this has happened to. Oh, absolutely not. It's, no, 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 no. Most definitely not. And I'm sure that is probably what raised raised legislation's eyes to. Okay, we need to come up. There needs to be else. something else that is more humane. Uh, but yeah, that's how he. I just found it ironic where he's like, "It's fine. I'm not afraid to die." And he, I didn't. I don't like to give our murderers any more attention than they need but he was seen as being like really handsome and a lady killer and very rico suave and Mm -hmm. you know always dressed really nicely i mean i think we've figured out he had five wives right he had money he was you know dressed well well he very much acted that way 
up okay. to the point of it. Like he wore this black suit with a white undershirt. Like he was dressed to the nines. And one of the um, news articles was like, oh yeah, he was a, a genuine lady killer uh, to his Literally. last. Yeah. To his last breath. Like, um, yeah. Okay. Well. Well. Yeah. He had so, a difficult last all breath. All I'm saying is karma. Karma can come back around even in your very last moments on earth. Yeah. Wow. That's just, I mean. It kind of, to me, reminded me of how long did Mary suffer after being bit by those two rattlesnakes mm-hmm. and poisoned slowly taking over and it wasn't killing her. I mean, it was hours That'd that she horrible. was suffering. That would be horrible. So to me, I'm kind of like, oh, wow. Karma, you beautiful beast. Look at you go. <laughs> Right? Yeah. It's still a tough pill to swallow to picture anybody going through that. But Yes, because um, but he, like, even even being a murderer, uh-huh. I, I that is it's awful. It really, you know, it really is. I have I have empathy for the fact that that was terrible. Mm-hmm. But I do But again, like you said, I mean, like kind of a karma thing. It could have been. That is the case of the last man to go to the gallows in the state of California. And it's so ironic that it's like the worst, you know, the last one is like the worst. The, for sure. You know, That's true. I job. didn't even think about that. It wasn't even like a smooth. I mean, maybe didn't there's go smoothly. There's probably others out there. I will say there, at least for Albert Dyer, his was very quick. Mm-hmm. They had done, they had the, the right oh, I'm guy. I'm sure they made, it wasn't they a made absolute guy that day. sure yeah. with his. I wow. know, but that was at least, you know, something, at least, one small yeah. feat that he didn't suffer. Quick. Oh. Man, I thought since that was such a gruesome death and whatnot that we should do some funny birth stories. Oh, okay. So I have a couple of funny birth stories. And the first one that I want to bring you is because this is could could have been written by me. And I'm pretty sure you too. All right. This one's a good one. It said, this is from CafeMom.com. The title is Tacos First, Baby Later. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) said, before I gave birth, I was talking to my sister on the phone, telling her how many contractions I was having. She's like, oh, my God, you're in serious labor. I was was making tacos, and she was screaming at me to call the hospital. I told her, I'm not going anywhere until I'm done with my tacos. Reasonable. Right? She's like, how can you think about food when you're in labor? And she she writes, well... It was tacos. Like, it's not just any food. It's it tacos. Is tacos. I would have finished and them, too. I will enjoy my tacos before I squeeze this Heck child yeah, out of my because they don't let vagina. you have anything when you get No, they don't. There. So, yeah, eat those tacos. That's right. It'll be at least 24 hours before you have a decent anything again. Yep. Horrible. And so this one was funny, too. Coming out running. When I had my third C-section, I remember lying there terrified, and everyone in the room started laughing hysterically. I was so confused and kept asking, what the hell is so funny over and over? No one would answer me. The only response I kept getting was, it's okay, it's okay, in between laughs. By the time they brought my son to me, they told me that he was breech. None of us had any idea he was breech. When they cut me open and pushed on the top of my belly to deliver the head, his legs popped out instead and and waved so wildly in the air that they had a hard time catching them. He just looked like he was running. <laughs> okay, that's really funny. <laughs> right? <laughs> what a way to enter the world. For sure, just a baby butt and a pair of legs. <laughs> just 
Oh my god! She says so. That's now great. it's our little joke that Gavin was born to hit the ground running. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd say so. That's adorable, yeah. actually. I know. I really liked that one. I was like, oh, that would be. But I can imagine as the mom, she's like, what's Why? going on? But, yeah. But how could you stop laughing long enough to tell her like, like your baby's legs are flying everywhere? I right would want to take a picture or a video in or something. Like, yep. Yeah. So hopefully oh. that was nice and cleansing after all that and. Thank you guys for being our Patreons. This is special bonus episode just for just for you. Well, just for our top two tier Patreons yeah, that yeah. get bonus episodes. So if you're not one of those, you're not listening to this right now. But and that's unfortunate. It is unless unless you join. Thank you again so much for helping contribute to our podcast. It has really helped us pay for equipment and research, and we appreciate it. And um, we have lots and lots of fun stuff planned for the future including possible live opportunities. So more to come on that. You can't see me waving my hands (laughs) in the air right now, but I totally did. So anyway, until next time, everyone. Bye-bye.